Guys, honestly, I wish, and and I say this without malice, because I think I'm going to say it and people are going to be like, oh my gosh, then just start recording sooner. Well, I wish you guys were here for all of our conversations, (laughs) if only so you understood the true depths of insanity that we plumb daily. (laughs) Like the number of interactions that we have just had (laughs) in like a five minute period that would be clinically worrying Mm. To yeah. people who watched it innumerable we cannot count them <laughs> we tried to count can't. the ways we couldn't we couldn't <laughs> i'm telling you we couldn't it would just take too long and we have a podcast to record for you the team so you really so, no one to blame but yourselves so i'm gonna do a live reenactment for you because okay. i was like the people need this okay, <laughs> okay so let us just preface this by saying hannah and i it's just a fact that we're funny but What's great about our Number humor, one. <laughs> but what's great about it is that, one, we would suck as stand-up comedians because we are entirely on-the-fly comedians. We are not. Yeah, there's no prep. There's no planning. No prep, okay? <laughs> we are not Jasmine Masters. We can't get up there and be funny on command, okay? It doesn't work like that. Jasmine Masters. <laughs> so when this event that Hannah's about to describe happened, it was truly like a, it started off kind of a more serious conversation and then just devolved. And this is what happened. So it please, just Hannah. evolved into greatness. Um, much like evolution normally works. It goes from strength to strength. So anyway, I was talking to Emma and Emma was talking to me about something that was rather serious. So Emma informed me about a problematic opinion that has arisen from the lesser sex. And unfortunately, due to COVID and 9-11, we, we didn't even know that, it, we didn't even know it was out there floating amongst the ether and the space garbage. We were, we and were happily ignorant until very recently. We bemissed it. So <laughs> we, we could have bemissed it. We did not get a chance. So. Oh, Emma, why don't you tell me what the opinion was and I'll, I'll explain my reaction after I picked up my jaw off the ground. Sure, sure, sure. Um, it's, Hannah's tall. It's, it's a far drop, so it's going to take it's, a minute. It's a drop. <laughs> so, so the opinion that I have discovered amongst, um, what should we call them? Those low people, lives. <laughs> those people <laughs> Bottom feeders. there that we're looking at and they like may or may not identify as male. Who can say? Um, and they're there. <laughs> they're there beneath us, naturally. Um, so... We're so happy we have male listeners. Thank you so much. Thanks for tuning in. So, okay. Um, I'm going to get through this and then I have other comments that are related to that that I want to make, but I'm saying this now so that I remember to make them. And Hannah will know what they are. But the opinion is that it is okay, recommended even, to slut shame. I just... I sat there for a minute, she picking did. my jaw up gradually, and I mused to myself, I wondered, you know, who allows these creatures to be unsupervised? Who authorizes them? Can Time I see outside. Your, where's your hall pass? Permission where's your permit? Where is it? Where's your permit? So anyway, I, aside from being annoyed by this, genuinely, I think it's worth talking about because in addition to 
all of the knowledge that we here at the TCT are committed to spreading to the World Wide Web. I just think it's really, really easy, especially as a woman, to get caught up in the narrative that like this is an acceptable opinion that should like just part of life and you just like move on. And you're like, oh, whatever. Like some people think that I'm a slut and I can not only take that on board, but I should feel bad because they don't they don't think that I'm worthy, um, which is not stupid on your part, but stupid on theirs, because here's my message to the men. All the man folk out there. Open up those ears, boysies. Open up. Menlings. So <laughs> here it is. I don't want anything less than a certificate of your maidenhood. <laughs> so I like, I appreciate that you are telling me that you, you know, you are you are not that active, like you haven't been with that many people. And that's fine. But I personally, unless I know that your maidenhood is intact, I just don't want it. I don't want it. And this is exactly what I told Emma. My father will buy goats from somewhere else and I'll get a different husband. So bye. <laughs> bye bye then. <laughs> bye. <laughs> And when I tell you that it was like the, the laughter was silent, it was so heavy between the two. <laughs> We're not laughing as much now because we knew it was coming. But I hope if you couldn't you get <laughs> for the organic moment that it was, because it wasn't an immediate like pun that we made. It was like, no. bye. <laughs> it was like, yeah. and that just made it all the better if you ask me. So what I wanted to say about men. Yeah. That we're on the topic still for um unfortunately they're they're still here for whatever reason is that we really like our male listeners <laughs> they're they okay How, we need to differentiate between them because the men who listen to this podcast are it is unfair to link them to these bottom feeders maybe that's how we should just refer to them from now on bottom feeders versus men. unless you're here because you are hoping that this will garner you points in emma's dms in which case well met and well fought <laughs> um unfortunately <laughs> it's it's not it's not new you know it's um, it's like when drew points out the videos that she gets stitched in so if you don't know who she is drew afwalo is a fantastic tiktok creator she's on instagram too but she is a we're a great fan of her work and she is doing the lord's work out there it is the lord's, there. It is it's the lord's work and in exodus 84 it'll talk more about that so anyway the and point so is drew <laughs> spoke and the men listened so saith the lord so anyway um please don't she smite was, me lord for making up bible verses <laughs> she just keeps talking about how like a lot of the videos that she gets stitched in the guys think they're being like really really clever and original right. and funny by like fat shaming women or like putting them down or being misogynistic and she'll like clip in other videos of guys making the exact same jokes and she's like <laughs> great one but it, it like it is a differentiator between the men who have evolved past the hindbrain and those who still live there that's their postcode sure. that's where they reside mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and if you don't know what the difference is i would say unfortunately do do again to COVID and 9-11 you're probably in the in the latter category oh sorry but also not like fix yourself but anyway my comment about men this is a new thing that i like to do and i like to do it in almost specifically all male company because to me it's the most effective i just hope you know how afraid i am right now 
<laughs> because this could go a number a of ways. Um, I've said it to Hannah before. Actually. I, I texted it to her. I, she, ha, 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 ha. But sometimes I think she does it as a filler just to get me to leave her alone. I don't know yet. <laughs> I can hear you. So, anyway, what I like to do is at random, no, no reason. There was no, nothing made me think to say this. It, it was just sporadically on the fly. I like to say, I just... I just don't think men deserve rights. Oh, the the TikTok video. Yeah. I don't think men deserve rights. Um, also, seeing men happy, I, for whatever reason, that doesn't sit well with me. Like, if you're happy, I'm not doing something right. And that upsets me because I could be doing better. So really, it's self-reflection. And my coworkers will often they make it a joke but we all know it's not a joke they're like man you just hate it when men are happy and i'm like yeah yes <laughs> yeah. here's the thing and and it's not something that often happens so it's worth noting uh emma and i don't agree on everything uh i'll just give you a minute it's rare. <laughs> Let me just i'll just give rare, you a second let me just give you a second so she keeps she has a TikTok creator that she loves following and i don't know who she is but she's this blonde girl and Emma sends oh, me these videos. I think she's so funny. She's I know. I know. I think she's I know. I know. And so have you ever gotten a video <laughs> and the person who's sending it thinks it's honestly hilarious. Like they are sending it to you because they think it's so funny. <laughs> and without trying not to find it funny, you just open it and watch like no laughter at all. And then you just wait until the end. Like, no, maybe it's coming. Like, maybe it's coming. So, like, that awkwardness is what it feels like every time she sends me one of those videos. And I'm not mad about it. Like, the girl is, like, objectively, the girl is funny. She makes funny points. Like, she makes funny videos. But I just watch it, and I'm like... I, think it's, I don't know why. I don't know why. I think it's just... I think her timing is really great. And so, so an example, and she's not the only one who has done this, but there are creators who will, like, have... Um, a person and neg them in like a comment or like say something rude they'll be like oh my god you're so cute too bad you're fat and they're like so you think i'm cute <laughs> like you think i'm cute is that what you're saying you think i'm cute and so there are times when she'll like a guy will be extraordinarily rude to her and then she'll be like she'll pick out the one potentially nice thing they could have said and like so you think i'm pretty yeah she had like a whole list that emma sent me a while ago that was like these are things that men don't deserve <laughs> I love how random they are. I love that. She's like, cashmere. What do you what do you need that for? Shoes. They're not for you. <laughs> I think it's so funny. And I, that's the energy that I'm channeling when I'm like, I just don't like to see you happy. That's why I wanted to add the context. Is like it doesn't make a ton of sense without having that video in your mind. It's like she's very much on that wavelength of like, I just think men should never be happy <laughs> and she'll just like stare at her screen so like emma thinks that's really funny and so if you're listening to this and you don't know that you might not okay. get the full volume of it I will and now that we're one. done explaining five jokes to you instead of just one <laughs> i will find the video that hannah is referencing in particular she does a whole series i'll post it to the reels the same day i post this to this episode and hopefully everything will make sense maybe yeah I'm also going to post one of a creator called Mia, who I call Tatiana, because apparently that's <laughs> who she is in my head. Sure, 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 sure. But 
Mia, huge stan. Uh, she uh, she does very aggressive female content. Uh, she uses a Russian accent, and it's chef's kiss. Do you know how many people I've had to teach stan to? Like, they didn't know what it meant. So many people! And I'm like, I am... I mean, I am captain of the millennial team. Like I am not a Gen Z ambassador. Like I don't, I don't visit their embassy. I don't know anything about their passport documentation, nothing. So for me to know Stan and for someone else who is younger than I am not to know it, I'm like open hand, open hand, shrug emoji. Like I don't, I, I don't. How do you not know? How do you not know Stan? How? Who? Who kept you in a tower, Rapunzel? Who? <laughs> Who kept you? And yeah. yeah. I also have a work story that I want to tell really quickly. Okay, go ahead. In this continued train of, boy, I hope they think this is funny. Because if not, this is about <laughs> 20 minutes of awkward silence. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the GCT. So I was at work this morning being my you know glorious yeah, charming sure. self yeah, yeah, yeah. i was there before 9 a.m and pleasant with people so i was doing the lord's work and <laughs> i was it's making a coffee crown right there extra jewels yeah <laughs> <laughs> actually i made a joke the other week because one of my colleagues was like why are you doing this extra thing for a task like it seems like so stupid of you to do and he was like do you think you'll get like promoted or something and i was like no my reward is in the afterlife and i just looked straight at him <laughs> he wasn't ready for it because don't come know. at me when i no. <laughs> have a solid gold door to my mansion and yours is like mother of pearl like don't talk to me don't don't, don't at me, me. <laughs> when you have timber siding and mine is rose gold don't talk uh, what can we say i i don't have room in my inbox for you so anyway I was at the coffee machine. Yeah. There I was. I'm sure. painting you a picture with words. I'm making a coffee. Okay. That's the water pouring before yep. the yep. espresso yep. shots. Mm -hmm. Anyway, so I was talking about a project that I'm working on right now. And I made a joke about, you know, making an analysis great again because I work for the analyst team at my company. And he was the guy I was talking to was like, yeah, you know, you can. The nice thing is you can still use MAGA instead of America. It can be analysis. So make analysis great again. Oh, yeah. And I was like, yeah, I bet there's a lot of really pissed off quilters who are like, QAnon used to be ours. We used to have a support group and you've wrecked it. And our branding is ruined forever. And now Quilters Anonymous, where do they go? Where do they go? <laughs> Who are we supposed Where to? Where are their meetings? They show up and all of a sudden they're in a different meeting. They don't get to talk about double stitch quilts. No. no. There's none for you. No. So I don't, I don't know. Who who do you become? Kinone? That doesn't roll off the tongue the same way. No. <laughs> what are you saying? And to they were there first. You <laughs> bastards. Step aside, Colt. Make way for the quilters. Okay. <laughs> get out of here. <laughs> My name's marion and i can't stop quilting hi marion <laughs> they can't do that anymore they have no, no expression for their quilting violence they just keep showing up to family parties with more quilts and they're like i thought you were getting help for this and she's like i can't you it's know gone. what i find ironic is that you're meant to say your name at an anonymous meeting <laughs> i don't think they really do i think this is tv <laughs> lying again <laughs> like because all you're here is like my name's dave and i drink a bottle of gin every night hi dave <laughs> like lots of very anonymous of you dave but here's my second question and it's unrelated but in terms of tv things okay when you're watching 
like a 911 dispatch or a, like a 999 dispatch if you're in the UK. So they pick up the phone and they say, hi, what's your emergency? Right. Why? <laughs> why are you wasting seconds? Like if there's a gun at your head, why don't you just say hello? And like you're, you're dialing to, one number. I guess to like make sure you know that you've called 911, you haven't accidentally dialed the wrong number. Because here's my thing. Okay, here's my thing. Obviously, emergency line. Call 911-911-911-911-991 is a dial out code for like the office. And let me tell you the amount of times I call 911. Do you know how many? At least five. At least. So maybe there was a mistake made with the fat fingers so-and-so, much like Emma when they're dialing a number, they accidentally would call 911 and they'd be ready to be like, hey, is Terry the roofer there? Like, I need to talk to him about this. <laughs> and it turns out they're talking to 911. So they're like, no, so this is an emergency line. Like, Terry's not here. Terry's know. out. <laughs> and like, oh, my bad. I meant to call my roofer. <laughs> I just feel like it's really distracting in like a hostage scenario when they're like, 911, what would you like? <laughs> like, like why don't you just wait? <laughs> now, one, we're closing 15 minutes. So we only have desserts. How can I help you? <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Good Burger Home and a Good Burger Man. Take, take your, your order. order. Like, that's so much extra time. Anyway. I have to so, think there's a reason for it, yeah. but I understand your frustration because it's a whole like three seconds where I could have been telling you like I'm literally on fire. The knife wielding gunman at my throat. <laughs> and he doesn't is, know what she's going to use yet. Okay. Poised, <laughs> and you're asking me <laughs> what my emergency is. Let me tell you, Sandra. <laughs> I yeah. like that we picked very generic yeah. white lady names. <laughs> Linda, Linda and Sandra. <laughs> do they your work job. together. <laughs> Lysandra, do it. Okay, yes. there we go. I have one more thing to talk about. And it's okay. been it's been weighing on me heavily. Let it out. Weighing. Pop off, sis. On the shoulders. And let me tell you, like, I am sore. And the time has come to release Head, me. shoulders, knees, and toes. I'm in pain. <laughs> okay. It's a lot of bending. I don't know. I don't know what to tell you. Like, so I'm ready to let it go. So here's the thing. I don't know if anyone else out there remembers. I know Hannah will, but in the noughties, maybe slightly past 2010, maybe we're talking 2013 era. This is like you talked about enough and it needs to. The hold that bacon had on us. What, what was that? Question at large for the population. What was the bacon obsession? Bacon soda pop, bacon gum, bacon. Oh, yeah. I was like, did bacon ever let go? I feel like bacon's still big. (laughs) Don't we still like bacon? Um, I know. I'm like, (laughs) did bacon get canceled? (laughs) (laughs) No, like bacon themed everything. It was everywhere. Yeah, that's true. And in a weird way, like there was like, you know, the lip smackers. I think they did a bacon, like a lip balm. seemingly popped up overnight like one day someone said you know what's great bacon you know we should have bacon styled curtains and then from there it was just downhill so and this i don't know how my brain got here i can only blame uh the (laughs) sands of time and god's cruel sense of humor sure why do people put weird pictures on shower curtains Like, why? Thornberry one is so. Yeah. But, like, why do people, like, 
I'm picturing one that I've seen that is like eggs and bacon. Like okay. what would inspire you? So that's probably the link. There we go. Yeah, there we go. But Where what would inspire you to put something weird on your shower curtain? Like, I don't even understand seashells. Like why, why do we want them in our shower? Like, what are we doing with a bunch of equidistant seashells on our shower curtain? And like, the the scenes where you're like, oh, I'm looking out onto an Italian veranda. And you're like, the shower, bro. Like, what are I don't know doing? about you, but when I take a shower, I want the view of the Mediterranean right in front of me. That's all. On I the do. other side of the curtain where I can't see it. But anyone who walks in on me is treated to a stunning vista. For you. <laughs> you just pop <laughs> So what you didn't see was me miming, opening up the shower curtain to <laughs> tell the person on the other side, this is for you. And then you pop back in. All I'm thinking of is like a pun on rib for her pleasure. <laughs> like a shower curtain <laughs> For you. <laughs> anyway, bacon, right? Am I right? <laughs> I'm like, I'm still on the bacon train. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> all right eggs and bacon shower curtain <laughs> yep that's totally. how we got there if anyone wants to know what the insides of our brains look like this is a pretty monkey monkey reveal. underpants yeah it's like 100%. ten thousand tabs open and you're here on like reddit no that's so stressful to me i see so many people at work that just keep their tabs open and i'm like why are you running from your problems like what are you doing <laughs> my tribe equally but separately, I keep all the tabs open on my phone in case I want to buy something later. Uh, sure. <laughs> that's, that's different. Like, yeah, because you're never going to find that Zara top again. Ever. Or like whatever you're looking at. Once you find the, the page, you just leave it. Is there anything more painful than when it gives you a 404 message after you've had it open for extended periods? Like you just left it there and you're like, oh, I'm going to go buy that top now. Page not found. And you're like... I'm sorry. Or you accidentally leave it on the page of your bag and then your bag clears because your cookies are cleared. And then all of a sudden the world ends. The rains came. Yeah. This is the transcontent of the tea. So welcome. Hi. Welcome aboard. Welcome. Um, I will say this is your first episode. Not every Maybe go intro. back. Maybe go back. <laughs> go back a little ways. Not every intro is this chaotic. It's just that they're not not chaotic on a scale of one to chaotic we're not near one <laughs> so we're, we're under 10 closer to eight this is like an 11 this is a rare i don't know why but there's just some nights it's late for hannah it's i really i've eaten like a yogurt so i'm manic and <laughs> eaten a yogurt so what are they putting in yogurts in america oh, right man, now that's all i've eaten is what i mean like i had a yogurt <laughs> but i i can understand how you got there you know parents talk about their kids and they give them sugar and they're like oh i gave her a yogurt and she's just bouncing off the walls <laughs> like, what? so what do you normally feed your children <laughs> Tofu, don't you? Um, bacon, obviously. So, no, I had a yogurt earlier, and therefore I am manic. I had a yogurt, so I'm just feeling a little wild today. <laughs> Very Courtney Kardashian. That's Kardashian-y actually of you. so fitting for us to just segue right into our episode. Like, <laughs> very, very nice. Good job. Very nice. So, 
Very nice. As Hannah mentioned, this is the transcontinental where typically our train of thought is a little less curvy. It's usually a little straighter. It's, you know, it's as majestic as the Hogwarts Express, but it's probably more like Midnight Express, if we're honest. Like, we might be in a Turkish jail. I don't know. Yeah, there might be some snow. We might end up falling off a ledge, but then we're like, no, and we'll climb back up again. Well, it's a Disney movie, so here we are. Except a really poorly funded one, because, you know, (laughs) I... us is my first (laughs) I My I have not seen any animals arrive to dress me. I have two dogs and they are asleep. Okay? Asleep at the wheel. Dangerous as well as a poor Dangerous. <laughs> so yeah. So I am Hannah. I'm I'm Emma. And part of me doesn't want to admit that because now you know who we are. <laughs> Part of me really wanted to stay in the Quilter's Anonymous bubble. <laughs> Formerly known as QAnon, we no longer associate with such a title. Um, we're still welcome, trying to rebrand. Welcome it's to the chaotic. podcast. It's a. It, this is just a special episode, and we're so happy you uh, you joined us. So, with I hope you've had a yogurt and you're feeling I equally you're- crazy. <laughs> Eat a yogurt, maybe like, ooh, maybe you can drink like a sip of sparkling spicy water. Go off, sis. <laughs> <laughs> but put down the bacon. It's it's done. It's bacon's canceled. <laughs> <laughs> okay. We're going to roll into what we call tea of the week. And I'm so excited because I don't have one, but Hannah probably does. So it's gonna be Hannah good. has two. Oh, so wow. she's making Buckle the me. heck up. Okay. So, um, now we've caught our breath, we've calmed down. I had a banana on top of the yogurt, so they bounced each other out. It's a lie. Shut up. I don't have any banana. I have no fruit in this home. You look at my fridge. I have any bananas. It looks like a bachelor's fridge right now. It's like whiskey, wine. Um, I think there's some carrots in there. So I'm thriving. Just keeping the whiskey and wine company. <laughs> okay, separately, but interestingly. Okay. There was a guy who, he doesn't usually work in my office, but he was in today. And he's one of those older guys who's single. And so he's like, I am just a wild and crazy guy. Like always kind of trying to like fit in conversations and like. And life crisis like, almost kind of like. Yeah. Just in like, hair. Too open, a lot of chest hair, okay, kind of it, shirts. Got it, got it, got it. Yeah. So he was saying today, and I'm just like, I don't know if you feel like this is an open door to female conversation, but a very strong part of me wants to just give you a playbook that's like, what not never say that again (laughs) in the presence of a woman (laughs) so he was talking about this is not my tea but i'm gonna say it anyway he was talking about so we were at lunch and he was talking about how he normally has like he's been recently eating a lot of bone broth and i went what (laughs) he went that stuff stinks so he he's like five foot six bald oh no very hairy chest okay like white with like a slightly gray ginger beard okay i've painted you a picture it's there picasso a lot of flannel a lot of flannel so he's like yeah i i've been eating a lot of bone broth recently and he was talking about it in the context that somebody else had put crisps on their sandwich chips for the americans in the room and he had been recently putting like 
crisps and soup. And then eventually he he reopened the conversation. The conversation had happily closed. It was natural. Everybody was happy. And he was like, I have been eating a lot of bones recently. (laughs) (laughs) Just like waiting for him to land the plane. (laughs) Like... Okay. And he was like, yeah, I've just been, I've just been like making a ton of bone broth. And there's another older guy who's sitting nearby. And I'm like, why? (laughs) Why? And he starts telling me about the health benefits and very good for you. Very good for you. And I was like, so's kale, but who's eating it? And he's like, oh, I like kale. And I'm like, oh, oh, you're just crazy. The Venn diagram is a circle. And the Venn diagram is a circle. It's one. They are one. And so he kept going. And then he was like, he's like, no, I don't think you get how great bones are. And so (laughs) all I'm picturing is like three hours later, he goes like, I'm sorry, just here's the thing. And he just reopens. Here's the thing about bones. So he was like, honestly, that's so good for you. It's great for collagen. It's great for this, that and the other. And I'm like, I'll get wrinkles. Like, I'm good. I'm good on the bones. Great. Love it. And, And he's like. Oh, I was doing it, like, for my knee, not for my skin. And I'm like, then what are you doing? Like, I fundamentally don't understand why you care the about anything but your face. Your but anyway, uh, <laughs> no, like, the elasticity of the cartilage. <laughs> anyway, so <laughs> I, he's talking no, I'm about... Sorry, I'm choosing to believe he's concerned with the fact that... <laughs> his wrinkly knees. <laughs> like, the babes will not come a-knockin'. If you've got wrinkly knees. These are too wrinkly. (laughs) So anyway, he's talking about this. Uh And the other guy is cracking up because my face has to look horrified. Like, I don't have a good poker face. That's that's absolutely fair. I don't. So he has to look, like, I have to look absolutely horrified. And he's trying to, like, win me over with the bones. And so he's, like, telling me all these different ways you can prepare the broth. And I'm, like, it's just very Hansel and Gretel for me, man. Like, you're giving me a lot of witch energy here. And I was, like, is it by chance, do you have a Scandinavian heritage? Like, and you, and he goes, yes, I do. And I'm, like, you're giving me Visigoth vibes. Like, it's a lot of Vikings and bones. And the guy next to me goes, you know. Yeah, he talked about the marrow. He okay. talked about the marrow. So, <laughs> when I tell you he talked about the marrow. <laughs> so he was talking about all the ways you can prepare it. And I was like, yeah, I mean, you just go on to serialkillers.org slash forums and there's loads of recipes. And he's Love like, it. it took him a second to get it. And then he laughed in like a nervous way that was like, <laughs> me, a no. And then he like, he tried to play, you know, bless him. Men try to hit back sometimes and you're like, oh sweetie you did try you did try you did you did you swung at the ball you swung at the ball so good job and he was like yeah it's better than seriallykillers.net i'm like yeah only the real freaks go there so anyway so the the other guy was saying he's like you know as a scandinavian person like you can only put so many bones on your helmet you got to use them for something else and i was like exactly and so the bone broth cut to Okay. It's like two hours I thought later. It was over, but okay, we're not done. It was. <laughs> I thought we were done there, and I was like, okay, great story. No, okay. So, like, I, a couple of times, I was like, okay, bye, and, like, turned back to my other conversation. And he was like, someone calling me. So, bones. <laughs> we're still doing this, okay. Okay, so okay. I'm back. This reminds me of what we were talking about earlier, where it was, like, 
people who bring up things totally unnecessarily with you just out of the blue yes you want to talk about yes i actually love that concert yeah speaking of bones i'm so glad you brought this up (laughs) so i'm at my desk business 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 yep 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 lunch has concluded like 45 minutes ago we have not spoken since then got it he comes up to my desk with his laptop which to me says business 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 i have business things to discuss with you Oh, I was wrong. <laughs> so he shows me this recipe page and he's like, I wanted to show you because I thought you would find it really repulsive. And I'm like, this is a great pause moment. You know, those like training videos from the 80s that are like, pause. <laughs> and then they tell you what you're doing wrong in this situation. And they're like, yeah. the next time you go to push a kid on the playground, try helping them up or giving them a high five. Yep, yep, like yep, yep. it was that moment where but I'm it's like, like- It's not really pause, they're just like holding their poses. Yeah, where I'm like, pause. Yeah. You've come up to a woman again. Okay. And you're talking about bones still. And you're telling her that you think she would find this repugnant, repulsive synonyms. What makes you go in with, you know, some people go in <laughs> with charm. I'm gonna go in with repulsion. Okay, you're gonna I absolutely hate this so much. Let me show you. Be <laughs> disgusted. So he shows me this recipe thing of like ox bone marrow okay. that is like pre-ground, and it's it's saying something about plant-based. And I'm like, I have three questions. Okay. One, who's quality controlling these bones? Like, okay. they're they're people bones. They're, Bones. There's no, no if you way. if you can't get your people bones fresh from the source, store bought is fine. Store bought's fine. So he was talking about the the plant based bone marrow thing, but then on the plant based bone marrow ingredients list, it said ox bones, and I'm like, but the the creme de la creme, okay, the pièce de résistance is. He pointed out to me a section in the article in which it specifically recommended knuckle bones for their benefits and i was like the call is coming from inside he wants my knuckles <laughs> I was like, no. just to give you you know play by play uh-huh. multiple times through the first conversation i went i am not holding back these noises like i am sure i am physically making the noise my face is contorting i'm I'm bending inward there were there were so many signals (laughs) bending (laughs) volume so yeah so for all you crazy cats and kittens out there who want to talk about bone marrow and bone benefits we would urge you to rethink Maybe don't. Maybe go with sports. All I can say is I only have one solution for you that I can personally think of after this conversation. And it is that you now have to permanently type with your nose to hide the fact that you have have available knuckles. (laughs) Prime real estate. Hide it. Get it out. I have knuckleless fingers. I'm sorry to tell you. It's very difficult. And you just have to, uh, that's just, you have to just flamingo the rest of your life. And I hate to be the one that has to tell you, but. And when I need the space bar, I kiss. (laughs) So anyway, I will hand it over to you for your non-tea, just because I told the anecdote and then I'll tell my actual teas. Okay. Um, I don't know. Most of my tea is stuff that I'm not 
unfortunately, most of the team is not privy to at this time until such time when I have physical distance from individuals who may or may not be a part of that tea. So I will have just a steaming, humongous pot of tea when I live in the UK because I will have no stakes at that point whatsoever. So I can do whatever I want. But for now, and decorum. several therapy sessions, which will be conducted offline. Thank you. In yeah. person. I actually will live with my therapist. It's a new treatment. So <laughs> Isn't that called commitment? Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm afraid of that word. I can't I can't use that. So Wow. Um, <laughs> okay, I'm just living with you. I don't know why you think I'm committed to you. Said every man ever, but okay, it's fine. Anyway, my tea, non-tea rather, it's just not this thing that I saw and I made a note and I forgot that I had seen it and went back and saw my note and I was like what the hell was I talking about? And then I remembered. So I'm walking to Fordham, as you are apt to do. I'm walking to class from the train. Trot, trot, trot. Hello. Walking. Walk, walk, walk. Um, <laughs> one step at a time, Jordan Spark style. So here I am. I'm walking one step to school. At a time. <laughs> and I get to the crosswalk right before Fordham. So it's it's a very short walk. I only had to cross two whole streets to get there. So it was I'm, a very I'm short not... walk. <laughs> Stop. I am at crosswalk number two. Okay. Primary crosswalk. I'm there. I'm standing. And I, I look, I'm looking to my right because it's a one-way road. And I'm like, I want to cross. <laughs> I have to prolong. I have to give you unnecessary detail because it's not a very long time. I'm looking to the right and I see a bird. It's irrelevant <laughs> to the story, but it's there. <laughs> so I see this truck and all you see this is the actual tea. This is just me saying, I saw a truck. Anyway, it's kind of like when a kid tells you a story. <laughs> and they just point out stuff that they thought was cool. I saw a rock today. And you're like, amazing. And it was a really great story. rock. That's the whole story. This is not dissimilar, I must say. It's very similar as a child. But okay. So... I see this truck. Are you with me? I know it's a lot so far. Paint me a picture with words. Tell me about the truck. It's, it's a large. It's a. It's a. It's the size of like those Swan food delivery <laughs> trucks. <laughs> yeah, I'm talking about. I almost said Schwan, but it's Swan. <laughs> All he wants is. <laughs> and it was today that we learned that. Hannah does indeed envy a schwang. <laughs> so it was a schwang truck. <laughs> it was a schwang truck. And it was it was not quite semi, not quite pickup. It's in between a mover's truck size, you if you want. <laughs> it's a U-Haul size truck. If you had a two-bedroom apartment, this is the truck that you would get. <laughs> so on that truck. You had a two-bedroom apartment. <laughs> This is the truck. <laughs> as long as everybody here, team, gather around. You're all here. No one lost their buddy. Got it. Okay, we're all here. All right. On this truck, <laughs> it's just a photo. The main there's there's some words in the Bible. We'll get to the words, but right now the photo is the most important part, and it's of a giant salmon. It's just a huge salmon. <laughs> And blazoned across the truck. Just a huge salmon. Okay. Are you, can you see it? It's as if you went fishing, you caught a salmon, and then you slapped that salmon onto the truck, and you were like, Picasso, this is perfect, it's art, it's beautiful. 
like that, but like ginormous. Okay. 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 Like if I lay down next to the salmon, it'd be like three of me. <laughs> okay. I just want you to like understand the gravity of the size of this fish. Quite okay. large. Okay. There is a nice three word phrase beneath the fish and it rhymes. So it catches my attention because it rhymes and I'm rhyming. I, I, I love that. <laughs> I would 10 out of 10 would recommend rhyming. And it says meat without feet. <laughs> and I, <laughs> I'm when I tell you that the lady that you normally see when you're walking around New York city, the crazy cackling lady, it was me. <laughs> You were, it's, it was me you saw that day that you thought it was a little crazy homeless <laughs> <was> woman. <laughs> Hello. Um, I am crazy, but I am not, I'm almost homeless, but not quite. So <laughs> not feet quite. without feet. And <clears throat> I can only assume that it was a truck to transport fish or to otherwise advertise that fish indeed do not have feet. <laughs> Or to obfuscate the government experiments that are oversizing these massive salmon and breeding them. (laughs) I mean, scary. So we take a salmon, (laughs) we inject it with steroids, we make it huge. (laughs) Put it on a truck, drive it around, see how the people react. (laughs) We call it meat without Without feet. feet. We will play the ice cream music, truck music, it'll be great, children will gather, they'll be afraid, it'll be perfect. (laughs) <laughs> and so they did. Um, and so they did. <laughs> and that's my non-tea. I saw this great truck. I never thought that I'd be able to drag out describing it into a five-minute ordeal, but I did it. <laughs> and this is why I should be a politician because I can talk. Please and say never nothing. have a tea again. <laughs> <laughs> that's it. I peaked. That's it. Uh, nothing will top the meat without feet truck. And now Hannah and I are free to to reference meat without feet at any given time. So. I'm just saying separately, I don't think that fish counts as meat. It it feels wrong to me to call fish meat. It is a protein, but I don't know. I mean Yeah, but it's like meat to me means it was not what you mammal. Think of. It's not what you think of when you hear someone say meat. Someone says meat, I go, okay, like beef. That's what I think. I just think mammal. Like camel meat mm. sounds more natural to me than salmon meat. <laughs> <laughs> Even from ones as, as majestic and large. I mean, as I, I, meat I, I wish that I could show you physically how large the salmon was, but it was a two bedroom apartment moving truck size salmon. Which I don't <laughs> think that you see every day. I just don't. So. I don't. So. <laughs> which, I just don't. <laughs> so. <laughs> Right. <laughs> so anyway, um, that's my non-tea that I am really happy that I could bring this PSA to the people. My tea is two very boring, very matter-of-fact <laughs> stories that I'm just going to tell back-to-back. <laughs> okay. Woo! <laughs> so, hands in the car, people. Hands in the car. So I'm going to try to to hopefully keep this somewhat succinct so that we finish talking before 5 a.m. my time. Sure. So... <laughs> So I have been kind of mentioning, mention it all. I have been kind of mentioning that, uh, that was a Rony reference, Real Housewives in New York. Anyway, I was mentioning- the only person in this room who's gonna get that because I'm not- (laughs) Other people on the team will. I'm not the target audience, I'm not. Yeah, Bethany, Bethany Frankel, who is in my, yeah. In my opinion, she is top five Real Housewives of 
in general, but Real Housewives of New York specifically. Is she the one that went to prison? No, that's Teresa. Uh, Teresa, yes. she's from New Jersey. So, and she is not from someone I would want to meet in a dark alley. So anyway, Bethany was about to have a fight. I'm just going to explain the reference now. Bethany was about to have a fight and she was saying to someone who was threatening to mention something that she didn't want brought up. And she was like, mention it, mention it all. And so every time I say mention in my head, I see the meme and Mm -hmm. like gif of her going, mention it all. I swear I saw somebody else reference that. And I was just like, I don't know what that means. It's a thing. It's a thing. so. So anyway. I've been mentioning recently that things are really going well for me at work, but that it was hopefully going to pivot towards more of like a leadership role at some point soon. And, you know, I'll let you know more when I know more. So Um, they're just waiting for me to arrive. I think is what they're doing. Right. You tricky company. You tricksy, you tricksy little fox. So I have known for quite some time that I was in the running to become America's Next Top Model. No, I was in the running to become the next team lead for my team in Cambridge for analysts. And basically, I think it it goes without saying that, and maybe, you know, people who don't deal with office politics or who haven't had things like this happen before, if you say something to your colleagues or to people in general, like, this is happening and i'm getting promoted two things happen happen. (laughs) one won't happen two you look real dumb when it doesn't happen so (laughs) so i have i have treasured this in my heart i have kept it i have informed the people who needed to be informed but nothing nothing massive or drastic you know i i knew that i was being considered but i also had no guarantee that my boss wouldn't then say actually we've gone a different direction or we don't like the way you smile and we don't want you on our <laughs> you Christmas cards. You don't need enough bones. So. You don't need enough bones and therefore I'll be the same. No roses. So <laughs> no raises for you one year. So anyway, I am happy to announce that today my boss announced to team, different and team. And now we're but, announcing to you team. And now we're announcing to the team that I am going to be the Cambridge Analysis team lead as soon as my current team lead moves to New Zealand, which is likely to be in April. So what I'm hearing is nepotism. What I'm hearing is I can hire someone whenever I want, whenever I want, or as long as I want. (laughs) Emma will conveniently happen to start working there in May. That's so crazy. How did that happen? Oh my God, how weird. So it's very exciting. It's come with a lot of unexpected bumps in the road. Specifically, there's one particular colleague on my team. She's she's very senior. She's been there for a while. Mm-hmm. And she strikes me as someone who is nice for the sake of appearing people friendly, mm-hmm. wanting everyone to kind of be on her team and be on her side. Only get one. Only get one. one. But she... <laughs> I'm not going to sing it. I'm going to crush it down. <laughs> she she does this thing where like she doesn't really mentor people even though she's in a position to and and she doesn't necessarily go out of her way to like, "Hey, do you need any help with this?" or blah blah blah. So to me it's a very transactional niceness. Like, I am going to be nice to you so that you are nice to me and so therefore I appear very connected and and well, mm-hmm. you know, uh placed. 
So anyway, I wasn't expecting any hostility towards this decision. I was expecting potentially a question as to like, hey, you know, um, quick question. Where did that come from? Just asking for a friend. No. So the Inquisition started after my boss announced that he, my current line manager, who is, mm-hmm. whose job I will be taking, and murdering him. No, he'll be <laughs> enjoying New Zealand, living his life. So anyway. Various ox bones suddenly. <laughs> various bones. <laughs> so he announced that he would be leaving. And basically one particular colleague and another particular colleague started asking tons of questions to different audiences. And I didn't pick it up at first because although I'm an analyst, we require context. So at first it was just like a casual like, Hey, who who do you think's gonna take over? Crazy kids, you, you crazy nuts. kids. What what do you think? Just regulate like, what do you think? <laughs> what do you think? And so at first it seemed very casual conversation to me. And of course, I'm not gonna say something because really it's not my news to say. Like I haven't been given anything. I have now, but I didn't get I didn't get it then. But I didn't get it then. And so to say like, oh, it's mine. Imagine if someone else was being considered for it, and I said that, or you know, whatever may have you. It wouldn't be a great look. So I didn't really say anything. I kind of ummed and awed and just paddled my way through it. I found myself in three subsequent conversations over the next few weeks that were almost identical with different audiences involving these two colleagues. Mm -hmm. And then I started to hear through Grapevine that they were like pressing other people like, no, I need to know. And so it came about this week through multiple conversations that actually the one colleague in particular, she was interested in becoming the team lead herself. And so she was like, I guess a little bit put out that they hadn't reached out to her um, because she didn't know who it was. And essentially she read the news and instead of saying congratulations to me, which, you know, I don't expect a party. Like I really don't. You don't even have to say anything. Champagne, give or take. I mean, a Rolls Royce, stop. It's too much. So... (laughs) She turns to me, though, and she goes, you really need to work on your poker face. And I'm I'm just business, business, business. I'm typing away. And I turn because I don't know what she's actually talking about. I mean, my brain's pretty quick, but I'm, I'm still a little on the back foot here because I'm like, what do you mean? And she's like, the conversation we had the other day about the team lead thing. And she's like smiling slightly, but not enough. And I was like, <laughs> it, it's not reaching her eyes. It's very. Yeah. It. Okay. Bones. No Thinking of bones. <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it do be like that. Anyway, so she was very icy the rest of the day, which my yeah. assumption would be that she's upset. And and I feel two ways about <laughs> Me, it. Me, an empath, sensing she's upset. <laughs> <laughs> Me, an empath. <laughs> I think she's upset. And, and I feel two ways about it. One, honestly, I understand because everybody's been there. Somebody's gotten something that you wanted for yourself or that you thought you were really qualified for or deserved, blah, 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 blah. Um, And it's not fun. Getting emails from Booz Allen every day saying, we picked other candidates. Why? (laughs) I could ask why. (laughs) (laughs) But, but yeah, like I, you know, I, I fully understand that. The other part of me is like, why, why bother? Like, just don't say anything then. If, if, what did your mom tell you when you were 11? If you don't have anything nice to say, don't say anything at all. Oh, okay. 
I was actually going to come up with a joke too. I was like, throw water in their face. Like, but, but you know what I mean? Like I personally, if I don't have something kind to say to someone and, and I'm quite sarcastic, so I'm not saying all the time, but like if someone's in like a real position of excitement or something like that, and I'm not happy for them, I'm not going to go up to them. Because, again, I'm not going to say anything nice. I'm not going to say anything helpful. Mm. I'm just going to be like, bleh, all over your nice, fun thing. First of all, you vomited on my birthday cake, and I think that's just so rude. And second of all, um, I think that people have no foresight in these kinds of situations because this is still your workplace. This is still a professional environment. What if Hannah is in charge of potentially promoting someone in the future? Like, let's say in this hypothetical world, like you probably don't have that kind of power, maybe replacing yourself. I don't know the semantics, but let's say a position opens up and she's like, oh, I'd love to do that. She makes it known to you that she wants to do that. But you remember her behavior of how she treated you or behaved surrounding the whole team lead thing. And it's not like petty revenge, but it's like, do you really want someone like that in specific positions? Probably not. So but that's the thing is like everything has consequences to it. And so if you treat people in a way that is demeaning, that is superior, that is, you know, you looking out for you and not really worried about how you affect other people, that doesn't happen in a vacuum. Like that will have ripple effects. Um, and I just think it's also like everybody has such unique skills as a person, like th- the same job role conducted by two different people will be an entirely separate job role. Mm-hmm. Like the way that we approach things just, just as humans. And I think people really try to cookie cutter themselves and be like, Oh, I could do that. Or like, Oh, I would be great at that. And, and, and maybe you would, but I think if you're saying I'm a one for one sh- replacement or better than the person who you have in the role, you're probably devaluing some of what they're going to bring to it. And yeah. And yeah. more, if you didn't, first of all, if you've been there a long time and you haven't had an opportunity for this role in particular, you should, your first instinct should be to evaluate yourself and to be like, what am I doing or not doing that they wouldn't consider me for X, Y, and Z positions? Then you need to think, okay, like I can better myself in this way, but this position just wasn't meant for me. And in my experience, every time I didn't get a position that I really wanted, something else better for me came along. And to be resentful and to be like petty gets you absolutely nowhere. It actually like hinders you. So it's too bad. But that's the thing is like, she's really, really talented and we have very different skills. So I think she would be better served to pursue an advanced role in a different segment of our team than what she's asking for. And I don't think it would make her as happy as she thinks it would. And anyway so i'm really excited about it it's it's really nice and it's it's something that you know i know emma will understand this but i think a lot of people maybe don't especially if they had like a decent job maybe right out of uni or if they didn't have like a military background but having a company value you and really tell you that not only do they appreciate the work that you do but they see potential in you and want to grow that potential it's really, really nice. Like, it's so it's so easy, especially when you're working for um, like when I was a contractor, when I was working with the military, like 
they really just want the juice that you squeeze. Like they don't really care about who you are. They don't really care about what is going on for you or how they can benefit you or like any sort of development for you. It's really just about you providing them the product that they're asking for. Mm-hmm. And it's it's often at the expense of personal growth. And, and I've had a lot of bosses beforehand basically like shut down innovation or shut down things that, that we could do better or shut down ideas that I've had, not because they're bad ideas, but because it might get in the way of what they want to do or it might reflect badly on them for not having come up with it or whatever. So instead of encouraging all this growth and like everybody becoming better together, it becomes this kind of divisive, like I'm going to do exactly what I do and you do exactly what you do. And if you start encroaching on my territory, then we have a problem Did kind of space. The military? Did someone say military? <laughs> so, but but it's really, really nice and refreshing to be in a space and in a job where that input is valued and and the the ideas and the the execution of those ideas is recognized um the Snap ideas you know what yeah. you deserve it you work really hard you're immensely talented i'm not at all shocked that you got the position um and i love you so much and i'm so proud of you and i'm so happy <laughs> um yeah i think that's gonna be great i think you're gonna see you know maybe you'll get to the point where you're in this position for a while and there's nowhere else to go from there. Or maybe, you know, who, who doors are going to open regardless of where they come from. So I'm, I'm just so excited for you. I think Hannah's worked really hard for this. So, um, suck it other lady. I don't know you and I don't have to like you. So (laughs) I mean, I have different approaches. (laughs) You remember before when I was like, if you don't have anything nice to say, don't say anything. Emma's like, if you don't have anything nice to say, make a list on your iPhone so you don't forget any of your insults. Put it on a truck. (laughs) Put it on a truck. Um, and quickly and succinctly. I am going on a trip in a couple weeks and I'm super excited about it. So we normally go on a ski trip this time of year due largely to COVID and finances. We are not going to be going this year, which initially was like, oh, sad. But we have consolidated our resources. (laughs) All I'm thinking of is Cher's speech in Clueless when she's talking about organizing her dad's dinner party. She's like, I hauled ass to the kitchen, we redistributed the appetizers, and then it was totally amazing. So if the government could just get to the kitchen, redistribute (laughs) the resources, we could totally party with the Hadians. (laughs) Haitian, by the way. So anyway, um, <laughs> sorry, that, that was all that was going through my mind. So we reallocated some resources and we mm-hmm. are going to be able to go to Italy for just a couple <gasps> of days. Yay. Yeah, we're going to go to Cinque Terre. Cinque Mamma mia. Um, I'm not going to do that there because it's very offensive. <laughs> don't do it. No, don't do it. Don't do, don't do, do it. it. <laughs> so anyway, I, um, yeah, we, we did some, some research and we're going to be staying on the uh, Italian coast for a couple of days to, wow. to get a little, get a R&R, some little, little couples what a fun couples retreat for you too without me fun (laughs) (laughs) don't miss what was just there (laughs) okay let's rewind the tape you know when they like in a football game they're like let's watch that play again and they like slow it down and draw the arrows i don't know what you're talking about (laughs) i'm not picking i can't i don't have knuckles i can't pick up what you're putting down i don't have knuckles (laughs) 
<laughs> down there it stays. Can't see you. <laughs> oh, how sad. <laughs> What's going to be so great is that next year, when Hannah and Luke pan this super cute romantic getaway, I am going to be a stowaway. Yeah. <laughs> I will be there. Yeah. Like, I'll live yeah. in a different yeah. room, yeah. whatever, but I'm going to be. Yeah. I mean, Emma doesn't cross any lines, but she does cross borders. With with Hannah and Luke, who happens yeah. to be there. Yeah. And Luke's, and Luke's there. You know, and, and he was there. <laughs> and so it is a couple's so concluded mine and Hannah's. And Luke's just there. So, so concluded the tea. So okay. let's get into the actual episode. Emma, wow. what in the heck are we talking about? Well, you guys know how much Hannah and I love to complain. But sometimes we like to talk about things that actually have basis to them and actually are rooted in trauma we've experienced and therefore we take it very seriously and this week it's gym culture which we have referenced more than once probably at least five times i would say board. thrice at a minimum <laughs> the lowest of the low three times but i don't know if you guys have picked up what we put down that we're not like super into it so we don't have any like, knuckles so we can't pick it up again we can't pick it up. <laughs> so. you have to do it for us and I just want to make sure that we're on the same page. So Yeah. So I was saying to Emma, I I mean, I think part of it, again, is this time of year. Unfortunately, people are very wrapped up in the mindset of like, go to the gym, change your life. It's going to be great. Blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. And they start kind of getting very evangelistic about it. You know, oh, I ran 10 miles today. Oh, did you, weakling? I ran 20 miles today. Oh, really? I lifted I never 500 pounds. <laughs> I don't even stop running I'm to running sleep. Right now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's why you can't hear what I'm saying because I've already ran past you. <laughs> <laughs> running in circles. I can tell you this story. So anyway, I I just I don't think we've ever done a deep dive into gym culture, and we specifically have experienced a lot of the hurt that gym culture has, yep. and and some of the the stereotypes like we've been the people who've done the posting and the the flexing and the you should do this don't do that and the blah 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 change your life you know look at this legging brand it will, it. Be, it will be so it's, good it will make everything better see through <laughs> look how good it is so, <laughs> so. transparent <laughs> unlike us so <laughs> so anyway i i just think it will be a really I think hopefully helpful episode for especially this time of year, but I think it's also something that's probably been a bit overdue. So Let's as such, start. should we have like Wendy come in really quick? Let's bring Wendy. that old nut in. The tea is exceptionally good today. <laughs> Who made this? Mm, very delicious. Divine destiny upon us once again. I had a conversation just previous to um, recording this episode with Hannah that actually mentioned gym culture because so for my social media management internship where I like post Facebook things and you know the like. I um, I do the liking. <laughs> somebody has to. Let me tell you, Facebook is a hard platform to reach. So, um, I. We were talking about because so the idea mix hosts it's like a business coaching slash like entrepreneurial sure. focused company and it's it's um it's not terribly old it's like a fairly new company and they have actual accredited business coaches that do business coaching 
So the whole idea that so wait, the business coach <laughs> right does business coaching. Yeah, so I know that it can be confusing when a business coach. Give me out. <laughs> the fish was about on the business. <laughs> and so where the business coach is coaching, it's just it all makes sense. So anyway, the comment was that there's a lot of negative connotations surrounding the word business word, the phrase rather. <laughs> The one word, business coaching. <laughs> Lots of it. <laughs> one, that's two words, not just one. There's, there's some connotation around that. And two, that there's a lot of scamming that goes on with business coaching. So, for instance, yeah. there's a girl that I was talking to Hannah about that I knew in Georgia who does not have business uh, education, does not have... She doesn't have any accreditation. No, she's yeah. not a business owner. She... What she says is she writes for multi-million dollar companies and brings them more money. And to me, it just sounds like you write articles about how to, quote unquote, be a better person and people pay you for it. I don't know. I don't know the details. Okay. Um, Her husband works. I do know that. So I will say (laughs) no shade, no tea, whatever. So lots of pink lemonade, though, if you're me. So (laughs) lots of pink lemonade. Um. The idea is, though, that within the fitness, because my um, my supervisor brought this up when I mentioned that. She says, even within the fitness world, I know this girl who is in bodybuilding prep, a girl I went to high school with. She doesn't have, like, a mass following or anything, but she offers coaching for $250 an hour. Mm-hmm. And she doesn't have any, like, she's no health sciences degree, no nutritional science, nothing like that, no kinesiology, nothing of the sort. She just competes and therefore considers herself to be an expert. And we were expressing our frustration with this because it seems to me that in the bodybuilding community, which I've had direct contact with more than once, you compete a couple of times and automatically you assume I could teach other people how to do this. I can teach them what yeah. to do. And you're only basing that off of what actual genuine coaches, bodybuilding coaches who are like accredited in that field have told you what to do. And that makes you somehow an expert because it worked for you. Yeah. And I, I've seen the same thing. So when I used to work on a base, well, I still live here, but I used to work on a military base. Uh, I used to use the same gym facilities that the military would use because there's only the one, you know, I tried to get away from them, but there they were. So they were full free. (laughs) It was full free. And so I was like, sure. So (laughs) I I went to the same gym facilities as them and I would see these women coming in who were in, you know, fine shape. They weren't in like peak bodybuilding competitor shape or in personal trainer shape, which I don't think is a goal. I think it's a specific aesthetic. And I think it's important to say that as we have these conversations. But by that, I mean, there is an obvious demonstration of not only aesthetic muscle, but functional muscle. Mm -hmm. So not only do you look like you could do whatever it is that you're trying to do, either lift a lot or do complex compound movements, but you then can demonstrate that you are able to do those movements. So anyway, I saw a woman come in she didn't look the way that I would expect someone who had a lot of consistent physical training experience to look. And she was talking and like writing down in a notebook with a woman who was a wife to a service member who had a kid in daycare and who was basically coming to her to pay for gym coaching, like personal training. I have a problem with it 
because it feels scammy mm. because exactly what you're talking about. You don't have any accreditation. You don't have any level of education, which I knew because she, the way that she conducted herself, she didn't, she didn't say anything to the effect because I was in the locker room for a while. Like I was changing and doing stuff. I heard a lot of the conversation, but she didn't say anything to the effect of like knuckles. It took forever. I was trying to find them. So of them guys, come on. <laughs> but she was saying like, she was saying very novice things that like I could have answered. And she was like, Oh, I'll look into that. I'll look into that. And so she was, she was giving me the impression that she just used the fact that she worked out on a consistent basis to make money off of someone who worked out on a less consistent basis. And did that she, to did me she work for the gym. No. Okay. That's interesting. I mean, that's interesting because in my experience, if you are a personal trainer or a coach and you don't work for that gym, you have to pay the gym to be able to coach there. Yeah. And I think this was all on the down low and Got basically it. they were just meeting for workouts, quote unquote, sure, but yeah. she was paying this woman on the side. And so I've seen a lot of that, of what Emma's describing as well. And I've seen it especially take the form of like Instagram posts and now reels of like, this is the workout that I'm doing and you should do if you want to look like me. And it doesn't come from a space of like, I have studied kinesthesiology or I've studied the benefit of these specific movements. And this is the functional purpose of this. So you know what you're trying to achieve. Mm -hmm. And then this is the, the benefit. And I've, but yeah, I've seen a lot of, of those kind of, you know, I, I can coach you. I can coach anybody because I'm doing it. So therefore I must be able to replicate that knowledge that I have taken mm -hmm. and somehow turn it into a profitable venture. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I know these girls and no shade, but they're almost always bikini girls when they are in the bodybuilding world, because that's such a huge class. And because if you're already a small person, in all honesty, you don't have to work as hard to get into like bikini shape. Now the girls who go to like Olympia, that's a different story. But just your average NPC competition, I don't know, chuck some VAR, Anavar, that's a steroid, go to the gym, do some cardio, you're ready. Like that's the, and I've, I can say that because I've watched them do it. So I can tell you if these are the girls that are coaching you, you're not getting quality coaching, obviously. And I used to have personal trainers. I, when I first started working out, I had trainers and I made sure that they had a degree of some kind because I wasn't going to let someone train me that had just taken an online course. Like, what is that? You know, yeah, drives me absolutely crazy. Cause like, what can you possibly glean? Like, is it okay for a client to drop a dumbbell on their toe? Uh, I'm going to say no, but like, who can say maybe it's situational, you, you. you know, like that person is training you. And if you just look at the amount of injuries that some people suffer, it's, it's not just scammy. It's dangerous. I actually never had a personal trainer. And I think it's interesting to think about why, because for me, I never felt like there was a purpose to it when I could Google most of what I wanted to understand about the exercises mm -hmm. for the purposes that I was trying to achieve. So I think the benefit of having a personal trainer for most people is the motivation. Mm -hmm. Like effectively, yes, you want them to plan your workouts. You want all of the knowledge that they've hopefully gleaned from very reputable sources. Mm -hmm. But most people, if you ask them, why do you have a personal trainer? It's more so because they want the benefit of someone pushing them or trying to get them to do more than they would naturally do and holding them accountable. Mm -hmm. And for me, 
which you know if you've already listened to the TCT, how I deal with stress, I deal with stress by myself. So actually someone, and this was really stressful during my time in the military, but someone observing me, not doing what I'm doing, critiquing me on what I'm doing and trying to get me to do more or trying to get me to work harder made me immediately angry. So for example, a personal trainer might tell you to do 15 push-ups and you're doing the push-ups and they're critiquing your form to try and help you. For me, infuriating because you're not doing the push-ups. You don't know what they're like. You don't know how hard it is. Like maybe 15 is super hard for you or maybe it would be 50 that would be super hard for you. Whatever the level is, like whatever they're asking you to do, they're standing there staring at you, telling you what to do. And I'm like, you get down here and do 50 push-ups and then tell me to keep my elbows in. So it just became like, to me, it seemed counterproductive to have someone just to get angry at them. And, And I'm sure that that's beneficial for someone. But for me, I was like, I know without a doubt, I'm going to get angry at this person who's staring at me because the entirety of the time I spent in the military with group exercises, it's someone staring at you, telling you what to do while you do these different moves. So whether you're running or whether you're, you know, lift, doing a strength exercise, whether you're lifting a weight, it's someone coming up to you and telling you to do more or do differently or slightly change. And nothing infuriates me more than someone telling me to do something that they are not willing themselves to do. I understand that. I remember when I was in the military, I used to work as what they call, um, what do they call them? The, the people, the PT leaders basically, but like for your division or for FEP, which was PT for people who don't, um, have any military experiences, personal training, just right. like a personal physical, trainer. physical training is what that means. Yeah. But um, yeah, but so FEP, which was the fitness enhancement program is what you would go into if you were struggling to lose weight, or if you were severely underweight, it was it was both it was typically the former, but it's still there were some people who were like, could not do 10 push ups because they were so physically weak from being so thin. Um, but what you had to do was come up with workouts for these people. And I'm not like, a coach. So what I had to do was think like, okay, what are like safe and effective cardio workouts that don't involve them swinging around a kettlebell or picking up a dumbbell? Because that's like, I think not that shouldn't fall to me to teach them how to do that. You know, like I can teach you how to do a curl because that's a pretty basic movement, but I don't know, like maybe you have a weird bicep thing going on. Maybe you have really like weak uh, wrist. I don't know. You know, and I'm maybe you have pain in your lower back that actually, as you're doing arm workouts is triggering that pain because you're doing one slight thing wrong in the way that you're standing or what have you. So what I used to do was just like, okay, like run a lap or like walk it. If you really, you tried to push them because some people would try to get out of it if they could. So you had to be like, I want you guys to run it, jog it, or just walk briskly, you know, uh, brisk walk, which actually is just as effective as running in a lot of ways. So less joint pain, fun fact for you. But anyway, my point is there's ways to help people work out without claiming to be an authority, like, or claiming this is the only way to do things. Otherwise none of us would know how to work out, but there's a very thin line that a lot of people have crossed very easily into, I am an expert because I lost 20 pounds doing this and therefore I need to teach you how to do this. And that's just one facet of toxic gym culture. Like there's so many things to explore within this sphere, but I think that was the one that would immediately come to mind for Hannah and I, because we see it all over social media all the time. 
Yeah. And so I think it's also helpful to define what we mean by gym culture, because for people who have experience with gym culture, and especially like we had experience with it more so because it was forced down our throats. So in the military, not only do you have to work out, you know, weekly, if not daily, but there is a there is an expectation that you will spend a significant amount of time in a gym, not just like, oh, I'll run outside once and then I'll go inside or, oh, I'll do yoga in my house. Like there is a there is a substantial expectation and sometimes a physical requirement to be present in a gym for a set amount of hours per week. Mm -hmm. So when we're talking about gym culture, that's the reason like we didn't in and of ourselves go into a gym at 16 and go behold my future and, 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 you know, start Mm -hmm. seeking out gym culture for ourselves. So what, what would you define as gym culture? I'll, I'll give my own answer, but I would define gym culture as the, it's, it's to me a social phenomenon that I think is being exacerbated. The more we are starting to see like, um, social platforms pop up, and um, the ability to quickly get out information to a mass audience um, with like such, so Instagram, I think was the start and then TikTok and other such video platforms came around. They've really exacerbated the issue. But to me, it's this like inherently toxic um, phenomenon of just really obsession. It's an obsession with not just your aesthetic, but with um, what you're eating, what other people are eating, how they look, what you're lifting, what you're not lifting. And it's really, it just, it's, it's all consuming lifestyle lifestyles in quotations here because it's not sustainable. And there's no such thing as an unsustainable lifestyle, um, like long-term it just can't exist. So I guess that's my not at all concise way of describing gym culture. Yeah. I would say a pervasive obsession with, physical fitness defined by a narrow set of characteristics that is shared across multiple people from different regions and is propagated through the sale and like merchandising of not only the way that you exercise like with exercise programs but the clothes that you wear to exercise the Mm -hmm. gyms that you exercise in so it's a lot of commercialization meets like body dysmorphia Mm -hmm. and and that in kind of a an encouraged and societally i would say rewarded way like it's very few and far between people who are quote unquote very very fit who don't meet the aesthetic of Mm -hmm. fitness that is very widespread and again pervasive in gym culture which is i would describe it as you have a very very toned muscular body if you're a woman you have slightly above your normal muscle tension in terms of the amount of muscle that you can see above your skin and you have very little excess fat tissue anywhere on your body you may or may not have defined abs but you definitely have like a wider shoulder to smaller waist to wider hip ratio Mm -hmm. in terms of again the it's not an athletic body type in the way that it used to be in like magazine quizzes in the 90s like it's very specific to your legs will look a specific way in leggings your arms will look a specific way out of a shirt and they will have this many muscle creases or this kind of vein pattern it's very very like ting 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 checklist 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 and for guys it's mostly that they have a very pyramid shaped upper body they're very very wide in the shoulders in the 
arms, in the chest, mm -hmm. and then they have very defined abs all the way down. And then, you know, the great joke of gym culture is that they always skip leg day. So a lot of guys have very, very slim legs, despite the very large pyramid on the top. But some guys also take, you know, I want my legs to look a very specific way. Mm -hmm. I want the mm -hmm. specific quad muscle to be popping out when I'm standing there, like no exercise tension at all. I want my quad muscle to be like quivering in the wind. So uh, th there is a very, I think, specific exercise aesthetic that is what most people would consider attractive that is now also simultaneously being put forward as that's what healthy looks like or that's what fitness or what fit is. I'm around it every day, not because I'm in the gym every day. I've, I'm not in the gym every day. Like, let's just be, regardless of what you see on my Instagram, I'm not in the gym every day. I just always take 10 photos every time I go to the gym. And that's a problem with it itself, people. And I, I acknowledge it. It's toxic. Pain. It's about efficiency. And, <laughs> you know, here we are. Let me just say, um, I never, ha because then I don't have to do it on the 10 days in a row that I don't go to the gym. <laughs> you know, like, I don't have to worry about it. So anyway, I digress. Um, I'm surrounded by like good people, like they're good people, but I'm surrounded by these types of people every single day who are like, oh no, bro, like I have to go to the gym. Like it's not an option. I have to go. And I'm like, when does it stop being enjoyable for you? Because for me, I stopped enjoying it years ago, years before I stopped going. Like, yeah. and I think what I've discovered for me anyway, is you enjoy it more when you do look a certain way because it's a chance to show everyone else in the gym that you look yeah. a certain way. It has nothing to do with, I'm enjoying lifting weights. I'm enjoying this, that. I don't enjoy an hour of cardio. I don't enjoy leg day. You know, I don't. Um, but I enjoyed being hot, you know, I guess hot is in quotations because we all know, I know what you mean though. But you know what I mean? Like the, I enjoyed being the stereotypical, this is what fit and hot looks like person. And that's why I liked going, that's, that was the addiction. It wasn't the working out that was the addiction. So, yeah. but you can only maintain that if you are obsessive about the gym. Yeah. And I agree. I, so it started from a military perspective of being told that the way that your body naturally is, is not okay. And you have to fit within a certain weight and body measurement ratio in order to be healthy. And they used the BMI scale, which if you do any Garbage. research into it is hot trash. But the point being, so I'm 18 and I'm told by authority figures and the people who pay me, you physically have to lose weight or else you will lose your job. You will be unable to work. And so as someone who I, I would say, like, I've never been obese i've never been in a space where my organs were were threatening to shut down because Low what i'm talking about okay. by no what i'm talking about by obese is where your your health your physical health is threatened by the amount of fat tissue that you have because mm -hmm. it is choking off specific vital processes mm -hmm. i'm not talking about being curvy i'm not talking about being plus size i'm not talking about any of that because obviously i'm saying i've well never been obese to the point that right my question has always been yeah, like, like to the is, point that i was unhealthy what does your doctor say that's my only that's all i care about what does your doctor say no <sighs> even yeah. some doctors man they are I mean, yeah. they are just as guilty as gym culture and i think that's why it's so important to be able to be expressive with your doctor like mm -hmm. at you if you've listened before you know that emma and i are both in eating disorder recovery largely referenced 
uh, because of this time in the military that enforced this pattern Thanks of addictive exercising. But anyway, they're like, you should be able to go into your doctor and say, do not tell me how much I weigh. Do not tell me a single number on the scale. If you need to take notes, take it, but don't tell me it's, I, I refuse to know. And it's not coming from a space of like, I don't want to change or like, I am happy as I am. I don't care. It's coming from a space of, I went through years of conditioning that my value was directly tied to the number on a scale. And if I could just decrease the number on a scale and fight against what my body is naturally made to look like, Mm -hmm. then I would be better. I would be happy. I would be worthy. I would be successful. And so it, it inculcates into you this desire to achieve that. And through that, you convince yourself that you enjoy the exercises that you're doing because you're getting the results that you're after. And only looking back, I mean, the benefit of hindsight, but only looking back, do you see that what you were doing was desperately pulling at whatever threads you had to get the results that you were after, hoping that it would bring you happiness. But like, for me, I, I enjoyed lifting weights because I enjoyed the ability to tell other people that I lifted weights more than I ever enjoyed actually picking anything up and putting it down because there is a there is a joy in that and especially for people who lift weights regularly and enjoy it it's the the way that you're exercising is specifically enjoyable in a similar way to people who run all the time it's specifically enjoyable but when I ran I only enjoyed it when I was able to tell people that I had run a certain distance. And it's because it was never about the actual exercise for me. It was about the accolades that came from working out or from achieving something from a workout. Mm -hmm. And that's why I think we, I know we both have had similar journeys, but I have had such a journey of understanding that working out five times a week is not what makes you worthy as a person. It's not what makes you healthy. It's not what makes you quote unquote fit. Like, you having to do a specific set of workouts does not equate to health. And I now am doing Pilates, like I said, two to three times a week. And that flexes depending on my schedule. Like last week I was on my period. I don't work you know? out at all. My period. I just don't do it. I don't do it. No. Sorry. I'm staying home. So anyway, but the point being like, I think gym culture is so much about the spread of the information that you have in terms of, oh, I did something or, oh, I achieved this much more than it is about the actual enjoyment of the exercise itself. And that's not to say that you can't feel pride in having lifted a lot. This isn't saying, like, yeah, it's not, we're not saying like, oh, well, you shouldn't care that you're able to lift four times your body weight. That's not what we're saying. We're saying that like, if that is the whole if, if telling people that your new PR is blah 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 is your sole yeah. purpose for trying to hit that weight, you're not doing it for the right reasons. Yeah. You know? And live your free free will, live your life. We're not judging you, but we have been those people. And we can tell you like objectively speaking at this point, how it really feels. Like we have very specific insight into this. And there are some people that we know who are not out of it. Who are, who are still stuck in that cycle and you you watch them from the outside after having it's kind of like getting out of a cult you're outside of it now and you're like can't you see what it's doing to you like how can you not see that but then you have to think back like well if someone had told me that when i was in that place would i have believed them would i have cared what they had to say and the answer is no and unfortunately escaping from gym culture is a hugely conscious effort on your part 
you know. And and it takes effort every day because people will pull you back into it without even realizing it. Like so many people when like colleagues will tell me about the exercises that they're doing. I'll feel the need to defend if I haven't gone to the gym that week. So I'll feel immediately on the back foot and like, well, I haven't worked out yet this week, but I'm going to and blah, blah, blah. And and it takes like a couple of minutes to go. That's not where a value is. That's not essential. You don't have to work out every single day in order to be healthy. You don't have to do a specific workout in order to be healthy. Like so many people right now have been telling me that they started running. And my immediate reaction isn't to congratulate them. It isn't to ask them how far they ran. It's to go, I, I can't run because of my joint pain. I, I would run otherwise. I would be a great runner. I would be such a good runner. The I haven't run this week, but the house. it's me. <laughs> yeah. Like I haven't, I haven't done any running this week, yeah. but I did a different exercise that makes me equally as fit. And, and I think a lot of it as well comes from the subtle triggers where I, I'm thinking of a lot of men in this case, but it, it's probably just a coincidence because there are so many women who do it too. But men who will use any sort of exercise conversation to try to tell you how you should be working out and that the ways in which you potentially enjoy working out that aren't that are less good for you. Mm-hmm. You know, I think this goes, it, this goes a lot of ways because I, I remember in particular, there was this TikTok that I saw where this girl was like, oh, well, I mean, we'll go ahead and describe her for the purpose of this conversation. She's a very small girl who's doing what I'd like to call Instagram workouts, you know, things that you saw on a reel that you saw another influencer doing. So you do them because you want to prove that like you're woke, you're so aware of what's like, what works in the gym, whatever, whether or not you enjoy it. Maybe she does enjoy it. I don't know. But she made a comment saying like, if you're in the gym for longer than X amount of time, then like, you're not really having an effective workout. And the comments were full of people being like, why does it have to be that I have to set a time limit? You know, like why? And it's not about whether or not you have long or short workouts. It's about no one should get to decide for you how long an effective quote unquote workout is. Like maybe you go into the gym, you, maybe you went there to stretch. Okay. That's a great place to stretch. There's lots of good equipment for that. And then you leave. Okay. You accomplish what you set out to do, but the minute other people bring into like the shoulda, coulda, this is what it, the way it's quote unquote supposed capital S supposed to be, you know, mm-hmm. like I have big problem with that. And I made the comment. I was like, I was feeling petty that day. I had the time. Okay. And, <laughs> I made time. <laughs> and it, this is not something that I do anymore, but I was, I was mad. I was like, clearly you're not out here squatting like X amount of weight for X amount of sets. Otherwise, like you would know you need adequate rest time. And then she was like, um, well, you're probably not doing that either. And I was like, why would I say it if I wasn't doing it? But okay. What a weird comment, you know? Um, and I'm not saying that I was right for making that comment because I think it just contributes this idea that you should be doing this if you're spending this long or that if you're not spending that long. But I was just trying to express that like you don't know what people are doing in the gym or why they're taking a long time or why they're taking a short time. So just shut up about it. Like why yeah. does your commentary even have to enter the equation? And I think as well, it contributes to people having fear of going to the gym because you feel this unseen pressure to be already in fantastic shape when you go to the gym and you're just there to maintain it. It's the dumbest thing. Yeah. Like, oh, I only go to the grocery store when I already have a fridge full of groceries. That's that's it. But I want to be seen buying a carrot. 
Like I just want people to know that I go to the vegetable section. I'll, I have vegetables at home. I have vegetables at home, but I just want people to know. So it's it's an obscene idea. It's it's so weird, but it's there. It's so there. And when you walk in, you immediately feel less fit unless you're in that mentality and you're wearing the clothes and you're like, oh, I brought my like gym bag. I have like electrolytes in here. I have I have pre workout. <laughs> yeah, and you're and you're walking in to to add to that noise. And so I think another good question, especially for people who haven't had experience with this, because you know there are there are those who just walk in the light. There are blessed people out there who yeah, haven't experienced so this. <laughs> so what is what is a typical gym bro workout? And then what's a typical Instagram workout? Okay. And you know what are what are the the flaws inherent in ascribing to those being the peak and all be all? Okay, I have gone to a gym bro gym and I've gone to an Instagram gym and starkly different. Let me tell you, I will say I have a preference and that's the gym bro gym, not because I think it's necessarily healthier or better, but just because I felt less pressure to be miss hot petite 2019, you know, it was like the put in your hair extensions, curl them and then pick up a dumbbell. It was different. This it's almost the opposite. If you're not in there like throwing weight, then you're judged. That was the, the judging is not right in the gym, regardless of whatever the scenario is. But I'm just saying this is the difference between gym bro and Instagram. Gym bro is going to be, I'm squatting for an hour because I'm doing sets. I'm overloading my sets. I'm doing like major weight, short, short reps. And I'm doing it over a long period of time. I'm going to do that for an hour. Then I'm going to do the same thing on bench. Then I'm going to do the same thing on deadlift. And then maybe I'll do accessory work, but I don't do cardio because I don't believe in that. That's a gym bro workout. Can you bench 315 15 times? That's to me screams gym bro. Instagram, yeah. and, and this is not gender specific. Gym bros obviously tend to more so be male centric, but there are men who do Instagram workouts and there are women who do gym bro workouts. But an Instagram workout to me is a lot of kickbacks on the Stairmaster, um, a lot of things with the cable machines because you can do them pretty lightweight. Um, what else? anything with a machine so like uh, like leg extensions hip abductors you know um no not really a whole lot of compound lifting if they're squatting they're doing like low weight high rep and that's really the only compound movement they're doing a lot of it there's not really a lot of benching there's not a lot of deadlifting it's really just like squatting mostly it's just leg day instagram workouts hyper focus on leg day there's not i say leg day it's glute day not a whole lot of upper body movements going on. But to me, those are like the differences. An Instagram workout is the aesthetic. A gym bro workout is the function. Yeah. Sorry, my dog, my older dog was snoring gently because it's past his bedtime. And my younger dog took me shouting at him to stop snoring as an invitation to come get attention. Yeah. She was like, so you said someone else's name and so i took that to mean you wanted me (laughs) and so anyway i digress but i think the other thing that's very rampant on instagram workouts is a focus on it's it's important that you look good while you work out so you should be wearing matching sets you should be doing your hair first you should be probably wearing makeup makeup to the gym if you know if it applies but you gym should shark, be alpha lead, buff bunny 
you should be wearing specific brands. You should be looking at a specific aesthetic. You should be showing off specific parts of your body. You should be doing specific workouts on specific intervals. So if you're training, you know, your entire body every day, you're doing it completely wrong. You should be training arms one day and then legs one day and then back one day. And then there's the arms back combo debate that is so boring that you could watch paint dry and it would be more interesting. And and so on and so forth. And then, you know, oh, this is the amount of cardio you should do. No, this is the amount of cardio you should do and on and on the pendulum swings. But the point being, Instagram workouts are very focused on you will look better and therefore you will feel better if you mm-hmm. just do this, if you just buy this, if you just drink this, if you just eat this. And, you know, cue the rant from a couple of episodes ago about what I eat in a day. Throw me off a cliff before you make me watch one of those again. But so many people are very concerned not only with watching what they eat, but with tracking it, which if you are able to have the self-control not to either binge or restrict yourself when you're tracking what you eat great i have not seen that be the case for the majority of people that have explained to me how they're tracking what they eat and why they're tracking it it's obsessive to the grain of rice obsessive trust and believe i'm just saying if you're weighing your food i have questions i i have questions i have no questions if you're like i really only want to eat meat vegetables and minimal carbohydrates because that's how my body feels its best i have no questions at that point i have questions if you're like i require 80 grams of protein a day and therefore i have to do specific macros in order to do this with my body and it's like where do we where do we get that from why are we why are we buying into this well as the article that i had mentioned earlier says such a which, good segue so good so this is an article on varsity which is an online i don't know if it's a magazine or news source but just a website and the title of the article is navigating the growing toxicity of gym culture by sarah walton smith she has experience similar to ours which is why i feel that her take will be hot and i will be into it but basically she makes a comment related to what we're talking about as far as weighing food she says discussions concerning a regimented gym diet encourage unhealthy attitudes towards nutrition influencers are advising us to track our macronutrients consume large quantities of protein in exclusively quote-unquote clean foods which they claim helps them feel their best this inevitably links restrictive eating to an idea of wellness when in reality forcing yourself to cram down masses of protein and limiting yourself to whole grain carbs promotes anything but a healthy balance so one of the youtubers that i follow for makeup has this inane sponsorship with a company of protein bars and she talks about them all the, all the time but she also talks about them in the context that i think is going to be relevant for what you just said okay. which is it makes me feel like a cheat meal but it's not because i'm worried about eating clean and I think it's also helpful, again, for people who maybe hear this or who feel pressure from other people, but they've never actually gone through the the process of understanding what any of this is or had to deal with it in a serious way, maybe until now. Mm-hmm. So eating clean is a very generic and overly broad term for eating things that you decide are healthy in quantities that you decide are the best for your body to process likely to leave your body in a nutritional deficit where you think you're going to burn calories and therefore lose weight over time. 
I agree. Um, I think we've said this before that I don't think we specifically mentioned eat clean, but we've mentioned the idea of cheat meals and how we wish we could just delete that phrase from yeah. our everyone's vernacular. It just doesn't exist anymore. It's gone because that encourages the idea that there's such a thing as bad foods and there's not like McDonald's French fries are not a bad food are they overly processed yeah i wouldn't say it's a pure potato you know like they didn't just would i eat anything from mcdonald's probably not because i would die number one uh autoimmune disease hey but also because there to me there is a difference between food that is maybe not healthy but is enjoyable Mm -hmm. and food that is made from largely cardboard and is so quickly prepared that there's no possible way that it came from a real living ingredient. Right. There's there's no argument to say that eating food similar to fast food every day is healthy because of the exactly. ingredients though. We're not talking because of the calories or whatever. I don't We're not talking about burgers. We're not talking about fries. We're not talking about any of the components that involve a quote unquote fast food meal. Like fried chicken, fine. What I'm talking about is the like cardboard ground processed foods that usually go into specifically American fast food because in Europe they have food standards. Hey, I think but it's okay <laughs> to want fresh ingredients in whatever food you're eating, whether or not that be a salad yeah. or whether it be like a barbecued burger. Like I don't think it needs to. It, it doesn't have to be either or. You know exactly. But that. Once it's hard though to have that discussion because people automatically assume you mean like, oh, I don't eat fries for McDonald's because they're like so bad for you, but like they don't go into why they think it's bad for you. To them, fries equal bad, and that's why they exactly. And I don't ascribe to that. Like, I'm at McDonald's, it makes me feel like crap because of how processed it is. It doesn't make me feel like crap because it's fries, you know what I'm saying? Exactly, like, like it's mostly oil. My body doesn't respond well to that, I do it anyway, but. To me, that's the only thing that you should be considering when you're eating certain things is physically, how do you feel? Not how you look, whatever. How are your vitals? Does it make you have heartburn? Does it make you feel like you're going to puke or whatever? You know, that's what we should be caring about. Fries do not equal bad. You should just think about how you're feeling when you're eating certain foods, regardless of what kind of food they are. This is not a black and white issue. Yeah. And I think it's also potentially helpful to say like from my perspective this especially if you participate in gym culture for a long period of time it does require detox like aside from the annoying conversations that you'll find yourself in where people are like did you did you go do back day or did you do leg day you don't do days that are focused on your muscles why why do you bother working out you puny human so Aside from those conversations, (laughs) just jump. Uh, Aside from those conversations, uh, all that came into my head was make you jump, jump. Uh, But anyway, the aside from those conversations, the other part of the detox is you having to recognize yourself in a body that you haven't been accustomed to that is healthy and good but that you have not allowed yourself to be your natural form. And that is something that I found as a direct consequence of not only my disordered eating from my time in the military, but also my disordered view of like healthy exercise and what that looks like. Because I was working out five to six days a week for at least 45 minutes per day. And I was I was restricting myself. I wasn't allowing myself to eat food. I was consistently purging food that I felt was over the limit. 
And then I had, you know, a, a very different body type to what my body is naturally. So in the last few years where I haven't been binging and restricting and trying to, you know, purge my body of anything that is over whatever imaginary limit I set for myself. Not only have I had the settleback of, hey, you're eating enough food for your body. And that means that you're at a shape that is natural and healthy for you. But also, I'm not working out six days a week. And I'm not trying to keep myself to a standard that nobody set for me that doesn't make sense with my lifestyle that doesn't make me happy. So again, there's a settle process in that that I have found that people don't talk about. And and I think it's like, I am getting used to my own body as an adult woman in the form that I am naturally because I I went so far in the opposite direction that I don't know what I look like as an adult and I'm having to get used to it, which I think, again, like people don't talk about it. They always talk about journeys the other way of like, look how great I look now versus then. And it's like, yeah, but maybe the journey is in the opposite direction. And I think influencers are starting to post about it for body positivity, but it's still pretty quiet. It's so interesting because... I hit puberty at like 13, right? And I didn't discover what my natural body looked like until I was 28, 27, 28. This is what I'm saying. Which like, I mean, granted, like once, just because you started puberty doesn't mean you're, you're done growing, obviously. But I started so soon after that that I stunted myself in a way because I was pretty athletic in high school, which isn't a bad thing. Like I... I wasn't thinking about what I was eating and I wasn't dieting or anything like that. But having been athletic, there's almost this pressure to continue to be athletic when you get older, you know, because people will describe you as quote unquote gone to seed. If you haven't maintained this like ridiculous, I was 16 years old and had great genetics and could literally eat a box of pasta and not gain any single poundage whatsoever body. Um, But to your point that people are starting to talk about it, I don't know if men are going this direction yet, but women are starting to inform men that their obsessive lean cutting thing is not the object of the female gaze anymore. Like women less It really less. hasn't been. Guys like, start to work out for women, but the only people who are entirely impressed by like a male's are men. performance, those are men who are yeah. that. And like, I get why, like, there's a Hollywood perception, especially in movies, like if a guy takes his shirt off, you know, he doesn't have a dad bod, he has, you know, ripped abs, no matter what he's doing, he he could be a doctor. (laughs) But like, he could be a doctor in an ER. And like, if he's on a TV show, or if he's in a movie, if his shirt gets ripped off in a freak windstorm, as they do, (laughs) he's not, (laughs) he doesn't have slim arms and a slight pooch at his stomach. He doesn't. He doesn't. He has a massive bicep like like two guns and he has flaming pectorals and he has like ripped abdomen and he's basically like fabio like yeah that is that is the hollywood stereotype but for most women if you ask does it matter that men have abs i would say no i don't don't know that many women who would say yes i i can't care i can't care now like it's okay to like it's it's you want to be attracted to your partner no one is saying like you can only be attracted to x or to y those are both problematic you can't you can be attracted to a guy that has abs and you can also be attracted to a guy who's like i don't know how you just dad bod or whatever the description is you know like it doesn't have to be both 
But I find with men, if they're describing their types, it tends to only be like, it's not usually like, a, oh, I, I like all flavors. Like, I don't discriminate, blah, blah, blah. You know, it's usually like, oh, I like them to be like really lean. I like them to be like super active, this, this, and that, you know. And it's like, we're not, they're almost surprised when we're like, I genuinely don't care if you have abs because they've spent so long like working for it, thinking this is what the ladies want. And it's yeah. a surprise. It's not. We just don't, we can't care in the same way. Yeah, like do I find Henry Cavill ridiculously attractive? Yes, yeah. he is like a fifty-eight yep. pack. Like, yeah, it's yes, great. it's insanity. He's hot. That's just the way it is. He's but beautiful. He would he would still but, be hot without abs, though. But if he came up to me on the street, aside from him being really attractive, that doesn't guarantee that I want anything from him. Like. A guy who does not have that physique could be equally attractive to me in a different way. Yeah. Like the the abs are not the key. They're just a thing that that person happens to have. Like a sense of humor to me is equally as if not more attractive than abs. So in the same way that is a characteristic that you're attracted to, you may or may not be attracted to it, but it's definitely not like a thing that all women like in the same way that I think guys almost treat like, abs and like super carved muscles the way that men treat like breasts like it's an essential element of attraction to in in a hetero relationship obviously you know apply apply everything as it's meant to be but like i think a lot of people treat it that way as if it's like a baseline of a specific gender attraction rather than like it's just a characteristic that you may or may not be interested in. I'm just saying that when you're in that culture, you tend to date people who are also in that culture and that results in you dating people with abs typically because they're taking it as seriously as you are. And I can speak from experience having dated men with abs, a a number of them. After the first week, it, it has no bearing whatsoever on how I feel about that person because either I've learned enough about them that that's just something they have and it's not something I use to define whether or not I like them or they're such an abhorrent human that I realize that's all they have going for them. It's just the abs. <laughs> just, it's But it's one or the other. Either it plays no part in my attraction to them after the first initial like I've looked at you and I've seen that I'm attracted to you phase. Yeah. Because you can't, regardless of what people think, you cannot keep someone on attraction alone. It just does not work like that. It doesn't work. It doesn't work. And if, if it had, if that, it worked that way, I would be married and miserable right now, you know, because it, that's just the way that it would have turned out. Um, but unfortunately for me, I have to connect with somebody. So <laughs> it's the cross I carry. So just by way of kind of wrapping this up for gym culture, what are your kind of final thoughts about gym culture, surviving gym culture, and yeah, just anything else that comes to mind about the topic? Because again, I, I think we just kind of wanted a forum because we kind of hint at it in a lot of different ways, especially in conversations about body positivity, but we've never given it just space to talk about it. I fear it's inevitable for most people. I don't know mm-hmm. if there's a way to enter into the gym sphere and avoid gym culture. I just don't know if it's possible because as another article I had seen referenced, it's up to the staff to set the tone for the gym. And if your trainers and if your staff are the kind of people who are really concerned with enacting gym culture and like personifying it, that's the gym you're going to get. So I just, I can't see you 
avoiding it but i can say that the only way out is through and you will eventually come through and i wish it was easier i wish it was less painful maybe there's a way to do that but in my experience and having watched i just can't even count the number of people that have had to go through it i just i can't see you getting through it without some sort of trauma associated and i don't know how to circumvent that yeah I think I, I echo that as well. And I would say, like, don't be afraid to work out however you want to work out or mm-hmm. not work out. Like, mm-hmm. if you don't want to, yeah. don't. Honestly, like, move your body in a healthy way. You know, walk outside. But don't feel the pressure to create an exercise regimen if you don't want it. And, and also, not everybody in the world is working out 10 days a week. And, yeah, gym culture to me, I think it's so linked to using your body as a value weight like i am only valuable at this look or this size or this ability Mm -hmm. and i think it's so detrimental to society for us to just value pieces of meat rather than the people like it's not helpful it doesn't add anything to anybody's life and i think in terms of gym culture like how to get through it i think just super don't take it personally like when someone is talking about the the new exercise thing that they started or telling you that you should try their gym or asking you why you don't run or asking you you know any of the questions that would normally be inappropriate but for some reason have become societally acceptable just just don't take it personally because it's not about you ultimately they're asking for themselves they're asking to make themselves feel better absolutely or for validation exactly yeah, I will say if you ever scroll through my Instagram, you will sometimes see that I've posted my workout and I would be remiss to leave anyone with the opinion that I think that this is the absolute best workout to do. It is the end all be all of whatever body muscular group I'm targeting. That's just what I did and it's something I enjoy doing. Um, and if you're if you want to try it, feel free. But it's one of those things where it's like, hey, this is something that I enjoy doing. Maybe you'll enjoy it as well. I would hope it doesn't come come across as gospel on my end because. Well, and I think there's a difference in the way you phrase it. And maybe that's a good way to end is like people will say, if you want to look like me, do this versus this is what I have done, which is very different, which is, hey, I like what you're doing or I am also looking to do X, Y and Z. And therefore, you're providing me with the helpful tool at which to start doing whatever I want to do rather than, oh, obviously, I'm doing something wrong because I don't look like you. So let me adjust my life and try to keep up with whatever pattern of life you've set before me now. Which I have also done. And I can tell you it's just as unfulfilling for me as it is for you. So... Um, okay, well, I guess that's kind of it. We have a lot more we could say about gym culture. Um, and I'm sure at some other point in time, maybe we'll do a quick tea, just maybe addressing questions. Maybe we'll find specific things online that we want to reference. But, um, if you're in the throes of it, I hope you know that we're there with you in solidarity. We've experienced it. We're not speaking from a place of judgment. We just understand how painful it can be. And it's okay to admit that it hurts you. Regardless 100%. Of work, so. so thanks guys for hanging out with us. We love you so much. Thank you for putting up with this very rollercoastery, long, but lovely episode. And I am Hannah. And I am Emma. And I don't enjoy me without feet.
that's the tea.